I'm sure a lot of you are wondering how I make my podcast sound so crisp and clean. Well, I have to thank the folks at Rec Philly. They provide me the space, the time, and equipment to make this podcast happen. And it doesn't just end there. It's also an opportunity to connect with other creative individuals just like me. And not just other podcasters. I'm talking writers, musicians, photographers, anyone that considers themselves a creative individual. So if that's you, head on down to Rec Philly. It is super affordable. The memberships are great. And it's an opportunity to flex your creative muscles. If that's you, I hope to see you there soon. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. So uh, today's episode, I really wanted to sit down and discuss the madness that is the NCAA and March Madness. Um, It's something that I really started to look into lately and understand not just what it means to be an NCAA player um, during basketball and football seasons, but also like how the NCAA is a billion dollar business and not a single player profits off of that. Um, some even say that their education that they are afforded is questionable and is not comparative to the students that they attend the school with. Coaches are making millions of dollars in contracts. Um, NCAA has partnerships with number of different ad agencies you know they got Taco Bell you got Adidas you got Nike with the schools you got you know every ad out there that they throw on um, that you guys see on the commercials and the play of the game and all the other stuff that's out there yet the players aren't making a single dime from that so today I'm sitting with Katie Hernson. She is a former sports reporter for a local newspaper here in Northeast Philadelphia. It's now defunct, but she really was able to kind of outline, this, especially some of the lawsuits that are taking place and it has taken place with the NCAA. All right, let's get into it. So I'm sitting with Katie Hernson. She is a former sports reporter for a local newspaper here in Northeast Philadelphia. That paper is now defunct. Um, Katie, what's going on? How did you even get into that type of field? I, (laughs) I was a a college, my college major was English communications with a concentration in journalism. Um, I love sports, so it made sense to go and work in this sports journalism field. And uh, you were telling me the paper, um, I mean, it's no longer there. I think that's like a thing with like most, uh... Most papers everywhere now, you know, especially the more smaller independent ones. They just kind of don't exist anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was bought by Gannett News Corporation, which owns a lot of papers around the country. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't enough. They didn't have enough of a a subscribership anymore because you can get everything you need on the Internet. Right. So when did you um, ultimately end up leaving? 2009. Like right right when the... uh, yeah, financial right, crunch right. was taking place. Everything was starting to just crumble into itself. Yeah, I definitely was uh, laid off from a job during that time. So paper goes out of business 2009. Um, did it go out of business in 2009 or did just was your No, that's your when role? that's when I stopped. When, that's when I stopped. When did it uh, officially go out of business? I actually don't know. Hmm. Uh, but when I looked them up recently online, they are no longer in existence. So And I think that's uh, sometime um, between then and now. That's a testament to not just like your local newspapers, but just reporting and news as a whole. 
um, you know, unless you are a big conglomerate like your, you know, your New York Times, your Washington Post, mm-hmm. um, you're not getting that hard line reporting on those local neighborhoods the way that those small local newspapers do. Do you think that is a testament to like the 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 heat that comes in on the news lately? Because I feel like reporters now is is such like a bad name to be a news reporter or to to be, uh, you know, just affiliated with a newspaper. You know, the the moniker of fake news is thrown around so much that, like, it's starting to get a bad reputation. It It is. It shouldn't, though. Cause, I know. It's weird. Um, I mean, people... People put a lot of research and and effort into these these stories that are then just kind of tossed aside as fake news. Um, I don't. I think that most of the local paper stuff happened before this. Mm. Like this is this is pre the fake news era. Right. Um, it it was it's more to do with the internet and like I could write a blog about local stuff and have everybody in the neighborhood follow it instead of re- subscribing to the local paper and right. and everybody when you. I mean, people don't read newspapers that much anymore. But when you do, you're you're generally reading something that has big, more uh, more national, more like super regional news. Like you're getting the Philadelphia Inquirer, not the the local weekly that's telling you how great your high school kids are. And I, I agree with you. The fake news um, hashtags that's been popping up all over the place, especially within the last three years, um, it's, it's hurtful. It, it it certainly isn't necessarily directly related to the layoffs with like you know reporters back especially into the mid and late two thousands. But I think as a the success of hashtag fake news is reliant on the access to media and to like social media and yes. and the internet and kind of watering down how we actually cover news and like putting reporting into the hands of practically everyday random people who yeah. don't really vet information who don't really track down sources and methods they're and, just reading headlines yeah, on so twitter like, and reposting them and I, acting like they know something. I, I, I don't blame the fake news for the, the downturn into, like, real serious reporting. More so, like, as I blame the internet, which is a whole other conversation. <laughs> One that we've had many times. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I think t- Twitter is the cause of fake news. Hmm. Because people can just tweet a headline that has no corroborate, corroborating facts. Nothing. Like, it's just this brash headline that means absolutely nothing in the grand scheme of things. And it's it's almost, um, you know, depending on your popularity, you can cause more waves than an actual news reporter headline because Absolutely. you have so many waves of supporters that and then they're aren't vetting your information. And right, then right. their followers are reposting it and their followers, what's followers are reposting is, it. What's trending is like the new, like what's not what's in the news, not what's being reported and vetted. It's just like what's trending. Yeah. Not what's actual, what's true, but just what's trending. Right. What's trending could be a lie Absolutely. on Twitter. Most of the time it is. <laughs> but a, lo- a lot of the times. It re- it's not always a straight up lie. Sometimes it's just a uh, misuse of the facts. Hmm. So I wanted to have you on to, one, get a sense of, of that background and kind of talk about that a little bit. But also, like, it's, what, what is this month? March. March. It's March Madness coming up. It so, is. I really wanted to dive into this topic um, surrounding like the NCAA and how 
exploitative they have become. Or I can't even say that they've become because they've always been this way. Yeah. Right? But uh, yeah, I want to say at first it was um, it was me- it was meant with good intentions. Mm. And when the NCA first was established in, I think, the late 50s, it was it was designed to keep colleges and universities from exploiting the students mm. as athletes. But uh, it has morphed into a billion dollar industry. Yeah. Um, and it's largely the work that that causes the popularity that makes them all the money is on these same athletes and they are not getting recouped for their efforts so let's break it down for a little bit uh the ncaa was established you know as a collegiate sports um avenue for students who it was a governing body right and the whole purpose of the ncaa is to establish amateur sports Yes. Um, Not to professionalize it so that they're not profiting off of it. And what you're saying is is that has now morphed into a billion-dollar business where they are profiting millions and now billions of dollars as a whole. And we're still in this state of, well, the players aren't able to profit. But what about coaches? Oh, coaches make bank. Like they are sitting on piles and piles of money. Like Uncle Scrooge, so just diving into to pits of gold. Let's uh, uh, that, first of all, let's talk about <laughs> diving into the pits of gold because, like, I remember Ducktales back in the day, and the I remember him diving fortune. into the pits of gold, and I'm like, "Yo, bro, you should be dead." Like, <laughs> that should hurt. That yeah, should have like, you. Anyway, yeah, I, I I digress. <laughs> um, but you know, I think of I remember back in the day uh, playing. It was in the '90s, and I remember the Coach K. Uh, basketball game. I don't know if you've ever played any like old basketball games or anything like that. Um, from, like not, video games and stuff. Not, no, not, not really. those. Not really. Well, I remember this this basketball game I as a kid. Did do NCAA football back in like '98. Never got into NCAA football. It like the, the 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 games, the video games. My brother and the guys that he hung out with all played Madden and then that. Yeah. So like it was just always around. The Coach K game though was super popular. Um, I, I mean, remember it. I remember the cover. Of he it. made millions off of. I mean, he makes millions. He produces, you know, so many top tier athletes uh, out of his uh, basketball program. He is legit worth every penny to and Duke University. Every penny. Yet it's these players that some of them go pro. A lot of them out of Duke go pro. Yes, but a lot don't, um, and they don't have the oppor- the same opportunity. That he does to make the millions, um, you know, that he's producing for this for from this school. Like trying to play devil's advocate, I get how you can say, you know, we are categorizing this as amateur level. Yes. So because of that, we don't pay students. They're not technically employees. Correct. Um, they aren't professionals. They are here. You know, their their recompense is an education. Um, that many times they don't get to take advantage of. So talk about that for a second. Um, I I go to, I'm a star player. I'm going to Duke. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a freshman. And I... um, And you have practice six hours a day. Yeah. Plus your class schedule, plus all the coursework on top of it. You don't have have time for all that. Now what happens, this was, I was reading uh, this article about, I can't remember the name, but a, a player who was a freshman got a real bad injury and couldn't play anymore. Mm-hmm. Completely, this, and it happens. 
a lot, unfortunately. Completely loses his scholarship to school. Absolutely, it's not fair. So, like, what? What? I, I just, I'm having a hard time. If if he had been a pro when he had gotten hurt, mm, right, and is completely unable to play again, his contract is still. They still have to pay it out, right. So they're sitting there. They got to pay him all that money, but as a college athlete, he can get hurt and his career, and never see a dime. And like that, I I just don't understand that. Like it, in a, <laughs> I, I mean, not in a legal sense, but in a just in a decency level. Like how is that? It's not a world where I mean, even as a as a college athlete, how do you sign up for? You for don't that? have another choice. Hmm. Um. Which is why there's antitrust lawsuits out against the NCAA, which I don't understand antitrust. I'm not going to lie. I just know that it's <laughs> against the law in the United States. So antitrust uh, essentially is, um, you know, without getting into too much legal jargon. Right, because I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> and I'm not too much of a lawyer either. <laughs> uh, but you establish into a relationship with nefarious purposes. You know, you go into it. um, you know, for one reason, but, you know, you have ulterior motives into how you actually end up profiting and things like that, which is what the NCAA is essentially doing. Yes. Um, so I, I'm a player. I get, you know, we, we talked about this. I get mm-hmm. injured uh-huh. and I lose my I lose my scholarship. Mm-hmm. Knowing this as a player, knowing what's stacked against you, you still go forward and, you know, coming out of high school still choose to play like what's the reward factor in choosing to play at some of these universities where you're not you know especially when it comes to like football you know you you the injuries in football are severe and serious usually yes and you are ultimately putting your life on the line your livelihood on the line and if you get hurt and can't play anymore like you're you know you you are you're 19 and you got to basically start life over because you can't even go to school anymore unless you can afford it and usually you can't right the reason that they do this is the the bigger schools the big time programs put you on a fast track to becoming a high level pro hmm. so the reward is that when you get out of school hopefully unscathed you can go make your millions of dollars from the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball, whatever sport you're in. But it's it's those big-time programs that you also are in the most danger because everybody's bigger, faster, stronger. Yeah, I, I was, you know, just a little bit of research. I think it was something around, like, less than – I'm being generous. I want to say less than 5% of – You are being generous. I think it's 3%. 3% of, of – of, Student athletes go on to be professionals in the sport they play. That's insane. Yeah. That's actually insane. And so many of them, like you said, you're dedicating all of this uh, time, six hours a day to practice. You if got, not more, because you've got weight room, you've right. got commitments to, to do appearances for the team. It's a, it's a lot that goes into being a high-level college athlete. So with that said, recently there was a lot of talk with this. So Zion Williamson is like the biggest biggest thing to happen right to college basketball what's he 18 19 he's eight eight yeah he should be 18 he's a freshman in high school duke, in college right at duke yep exploded through his shoe Ex- yes <laughs> he's he's six foot eight 280 pounds that's insane can leap tall buildings in a single bound like the kid <laughs> is an athletic freak yeah blew through his nike shoes which twitter was twitter was all a, a twitter 
with <laughs> what what sneaker company can Zion Williamson sign with now that he can't wear Nikes? Um, but Nike pays Duke a crap load of money for their players to wear their mm, shoes exclusively. Wow. So, so, so there's that. But yeah, exploded through shoe, tweaked his knee, hasn't played in about three weeks now, um, and people are wondering if he should not play at all because of his pro prospects. And so let's 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 debate that out. Obviously, you no one here can make the decision. No one anywhere really, except for Zion, can make the decision for him well, to Zion's play. Mom can make that decision for him. Very true. Very <laughs> true. Because uh, black moms don't play when it comes to stuff like that. But you know, it, it's like what what do you do in that situation? He's already his prospect. He he's expected to go into the draft early. Yes, right? he's expected to leave school after one year, which is what is law by NCAA and NBA standards. And, I mean, do you do you heal up and and try to make it back and, and play? Like, do you just sit out, uh, you know, March Madness and, you know, you, you wait your prospects for the NBA so you can actually start profiting off of your skill set? Like, right. what, what Because what, what happens the next time you tweak your knee, right. it could be more than just a tweak. Right. It could be a a year to two years off and you're not getting paid and especially at the height he's at you know six eight yeah, at his knee, size knee, knee injuries are usually the career ending ones for for those kind of tall players mm-hmm. um you know being that tall is the worst thing is is on your knees yep um how do you i, I mean i guess i can't ask you how you make a decision like that but like that that's such a a crazy position that not just the school itself but like the whole ncaa organization puts young adults through yes. to be able to say you know what i don't know if you could possibly be injured again and i mean he's set up to have a spectacular nba career oh yeah he's set up to make a whole lot of money just based off being the first pick in the draft right he could never play an nba game and make 30 million dollars and would just could just retire in a few years at the end of his contract and yeah with this with the shoe deal life. and the nba yeah every right. sign everything if he never plays an nba game he'll still make all that money but all of that is in jeopardy if he returns to play again and gets injured again yes insane absolutely actually insane so let's you you brought up that so i didn't know this nike has a deal with duke yeah they have their players have to wear Nike sneakers unless medically uh, told not to. Like unless they have a medical condition that they cannot wear the Nike sneakers, they uh, they wear Nike sneakers and, and I'm Nike sure uniforms Nike is... and Nike, they, Nike gives them all this stuff. Like these kids have stacks of sneakers, but right. they're all from Nike, and apparently they can just run through them like they're nothing. And if you guys ever, uh, if you have the chance, like, pause this, go watch him blow. I mean, it was, how many seconds was it into the game? It was well, six he, seconds into yeah. the game. And he literally just, he, like, he went to stop and uh, pivot and just burst through the bottom of his shoe. Like, it's, it's... His whole foot came out the other side with his sock and he slid and it was, it was a little horrifying to watch it at first. It really was. And you knew instantly that. He's like, not playing the rest of the game. He's not playing the rest of the game. He almost looked like he blew his knee out. Completely. Yeah, I, I thought I thought he for sure tore an ACL. Yeah. Uh, so good on him for being super flexible. Yeah, Must really. be doing his yoga. I mean, he's 18, 19. You... Yeah, but that at his size? More flexible than I am. Well, yeah. <laughs> right now. Um, at this point, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, 
what did you bring with you? You brought some some notes with you. To oh, I brought. I brought. I just wanted. I had some points from that antitrust lawsuit that I wanted to oh. to not have to go scrolling through my phone on the internet what, to find. What do you want to? What is it? Do you well, want to bring it up? So, because I, I went, you you brought stuff since you brought stuff with so you. So you also did some research. Yes, uh, I did. And you know the O'Bannon versus the NCAA case. Yes. Oh my God. So wait, I was uh, I was watching. Um, I even show uh, Bree this, who's laughing. Are on the we sidelines. going right back to John Oliver right now? Yes, we, <laughs> we're going back to John Oliver. So if again, another video, I just I highly recommend you guys watch. Maybe I'll put a clip. John of this. Oliver is the realest fake news out there. I love that guy. He, um, you know, he did some some really good going back to reporting, investigative reporting, and was able to find. Um, a, a gentleman, what was the sort? What's the guy? Uh, what what's his last name? O'Bannon. Okay, so this player was um, a retired NCAA. He was a retired. He was a professional uh, basket no football player. Basketball. Basketball. Right? I think so. One. Eh. They both had and they both had NCAA video games. Yes. So he played in the early '90s and in the early 2000s. While playing a game with like his nieces or nephews of NCAA football, he sees himself as a video game avatar. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yo, they're making money, but that's my face. Right. You can't make money off my face without sharing some of that money with me. Wait, so but it he, wasn't just his face. It was his, his number, number, his size, his, like, size, his stats, everything. Like his, they, they were using, he was left-handed, just like he was. Like, his incomplete likeness as but an individual. But they just didn't use his name. Right. Um, so he, he got some people together, and they put a class action lawsuit against the NCAA for another antitrust violation that... They're making money off of this video game using players' likenesses, and the players aren't being compensated. Again, hundreds of millions of dollars they're making off of a video game starring you, and you get nothing. I just, I, they don't even ask your permission. Right. You just, you, they're just, they just get scan you and use you, and they don't care what happens to you in the future. Right. And you end up, like like this gentleman was i think at the time he was a he was working at like a car dealership he and owned, i think he owned a car wash um something and but yeah something like that and it's not not big not making huge amounts no. of money and then he's like wait a minute he's got millions of they're people charging playing this. 60 dollars a game right. for them to play as me right <laughs> millions of, of teens adults young men playing this ncaa <clears throat> game and he's not benefiting and profiting in any sort of way no. as a result i don't know if it was as a result of this but the ncaa do they still make uh no pro basketball football games they do not make there are no ncaa games on the market so i guess that's Current a plus ncaa games on the market you can out of still this? I, it kind of it it might be better suited if they continued making games and even if you do want to keep the illusion of amateurism in college sports, set up trusts for those players so that they're mm-hmm. all getting compensated somehow, even after their collegiate careers are done. Yeah, so that's that was going to be my next point. Like, what's the benefit of of all of this? You know, you it, it's at a point now where obviously you, I mean, you could change the profit uh, of you know the NCAA and how they're making money off of this uh, business, but you know the you know, if they if they change their model to, you know, having to pay some of these players, like, you know, everything that they do comes crashing down. 
on top of itself. So how do you do this to make sure that the players are compensated appropriately, whether it's pay, whether it's setting up a trust, whether it's actually giving them a real education and access to that, the same as every other person in their university or college? Like, what is the resolution for players that are looking for something outside of just being able to play basketball? Like, what... Well, in in a in a world of Katie, what's the? <laughs> I, I guess I'll ask you that. What like what would you, what what do you think is is something that should change so that these players can be represented well enough? Um, I mean, they certain it should certainly be more than just the cost of education, and the NCAA did change that slightly. Where mm-hmm. um, now instead of just being the tuition and room and board, like it's the full cost of attending school, which includes. Um, room and board, books, meals, and, like, other variables. So, like, your whole total yearly scholarship is worth much more than just what the regular student is paying for their time at the university. Mm. Um, That being said, that's still... Not enough. Pennies compared to how much money these, these players are bringing back to the university just for playing the sport they play well. Um, so again, it's an illusion of amateurism at this point because there's behind the scenes deals. Like everybody heard about the Adidas, uh, fiasco where they were filtering money through coaches and family members to. Wow. No, I didn't hear about that. You don't know. No, enlighten me. Last year. (laughs) Please enlighten me. That's why. Do you know who Rick Pitino is? Yes. I definitely know who he is. Do you know why he doesn't have a job anymore? No. Because he was getting buckets of money from Adidas. And he was uh, then redistributing that cash to players, families. Mm. So they weren't actually paying players, but their families were getting stuff. Mm. Um, and it was coming from Adidas, and there's a bunch of people in jail, and Rick Pitino's never going to coach in the NCAA again. Wow. So he was looking for a way to have these players benefit. Yes. So these, and these big he's, money deals. he's going he's, to jail. I don't know if he's well, going I guess to jail, other but other people that may have been involved, is, yes, has been prosecuted for this. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's actually insane. It is. It, it, it is. Because again, Adidas has all this money for these players, and they can't have it. That's actually insane. I hate to correlate it to this, but it, it truly is. You know, a lot of people compare it to like slavery and it is truly like a modern day slavery it is you have all of these students doing work who come to certain schools based on the coaches and the facilities and this and that um and they're once they are signed up and they have decided to accept that scholarship they're not allowed to to go and transfer schools without uh taking a year off or like they are not they can't play for a year in between Mm. But their coaches can take $5 million from one school, say, you know what, I really, I'd rather take the $6 million at this other bigger school, and I'm going to leave, but you have to stay there. Sorry, buddy. Wow. Yeah. This is uh, so, this yeah. is extremely disturbing, <laughs> some of this stuff. It, it is. And I know there was another, um, another point about that is I, I think of back to college days, and, you know, you mentioned that the players' scholarships now include all not just room and board but also meals and other living expenses basic basic living expenses expenses. but i i I think back to you know college like there are times where you know your meal plan for school is like done Mm -hmm. well before the semester is over there was a big uh story about like how like 
players can't even receive like a free meal from no like a coach or like a no or anyone really can't even because get, that's benefiting. can't even get invited to coach's house for dinner that's insane can't, uh, yeah that's actually insane so um several years ago there was a, a, a guy at UConn the name of Shabazz Napier um won a national championship with UConn went on to have some success in the pros he while he was in school being interviewed by ESPN during March Madness He's like, yeah, there's there's hungry nights. There's some nights where, you know, I just have to go to bed hungry because I can't afford food. Wow. Because he spends, he, there's no time for a part-time job. You can't get a work study because you're legitimately either playing your sport or going to class or sleeping. What do you say to the people out there that says that is the price of success? Uh, I would I would argue that they've probably never worked really hard for a corporation to make billions of dollars and not make any money off it. Mm, I guess. I mean, neither have I, but still, (laughs) (laughs) I think I can empathize a little bit. Right. This is uh, this was some disturbing information. Very Mm -hmm. somber. Yeah. Well, it is. Let's let's. There needs to be changes. There's there's another lawsuit out. What's that lawsuit? Alston versus the NCAA, uh, which is also known as Grant and Aid Cap Antitrust Legislation versus the NCAA. So basically what they're saying is that these colleges are not able to compete at bringing in recruits uh, at a higher level because they can't adjust the amount that they're giving the kids based on what the kids are worth to the university. Mm. So like a player uh, like Mikhail Bridges, who went to Villanova last year, um, helped them win a national championship, was the biggest thing since sliced bread on that campus. He was. Um, You you saw him in ads on on billboards around here. Like, and he was, he gets the same scholarship as the uh, other two kids that sit on the bench because they still can't play for Nova because they're not good enough quite yet. So this but they're still a full to... full ride. But he should he's worth more because he's bringing he's bringing people to buy tickets at the the, the stadium that they play in. Um, he's he's bringing money by the fact that you get bonuses for making the NCAA tournament, for making the Elite Eight, for making the Final Four, for winning the national championship. I see. And and he's not being able to get that back by being the star on that team more so than anybody else that's on that team so it's really you know this lawsuit is to be able to say there's no different than you know you and i are co-workers my uh my role and responsibilities at the job is higher and uh more uh you know i have more functions i have more more responsibilities and more tasks than you, then I should be paid appropriately. Whereas in the NCAA, it's just like, no, everybody's the same. Just get a scholarship, but you have to work twice as harder. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. Insane. Yeah. Insane. I was looking for a somber note, but that was, was not (laughs) it. That was not it. I guess you you wanted a lighter note. No, no. no. I, I, I guess, you know, sometimes you just need to see the bleak so that, yeah. It inspires things to, you know, start changing and, and operating differently. Hopefully people will watch the NCAA with like a side eye now um, because I don't think viewership is going to go down. It's weird because the NBA, uh, the NFL viewership argument. is that's going down in this, in this is that if they start paying athletes as employees, 
it turns into a de facto minor league system and they lose viewership because those these athletes are no longer associated with the school but it is a minor league system i am fully aware of that (laughs) that's insane that's insane yeah i was Um, actually i was even looking into maybe some good things that the ncaa did so it's hard isn't it i was like oh well title nine and i looked into title nine and that's actually an addendum to the civil rights act of 1964 yeah i'm not Um, even gonna get into title (laughs) nine right now because i know exactly what that is i totally was uh under the impression that because i mean i benefited from title nine as a as a female that played sports um i thought that it was about women's sports in it nope it's not and it's um the ncaa didn't even want it they want they want to end it so that makes them worse they're worse at life so if you guys i i, I guess i'm giving everybody a lot of homework uh yeah you have to research, research title, title nine you have to research uh, what the I'll ncaa do does like there's a lot there's insane. a lot to dig into and may, like i said hopefully maybe people will think twice before turning on an NCAA game, tuning in to March Madness, or even, you know, as a parent. Buying your favorite player's jersey. Like, they're not making a penny off of that. But you're rocking their number. All right, so I I do have one note I want to end this on, and it's I need you to tell me your most favorite thing in the world right now. My most favorite thing in the world right now? Yes. Oh, um... I, I, there's so many terrible things right now. <laughs> I know, but we gotta, we gotta find something positive. Oh, uh, right now, I mean, my dog, he hurt his knee, go. but he's super cuddly and, and I love him. He's there my favorite go. thing. Katie's dog is the most favorite thing in the world right now. Right Katie, now. Thank you. Former uh, sports reporter, what's the news? I guess there's no point it's, in telling It doesn't matter. Newspaper. They don't yeah. exist. You can, actually, I think I still have a blog that posts all my old stuff oh, at like nice. on a Blogspot account. Uh, so if you can spell my name, katherinehernson.blogspot.com, like you're good to go. Catherine with the C. C and an A in the middle. There we go. Yeah, nobody um, spells it right. Have you ever thought about going back to reporting, sports reporting? It doesn't make any money. Fair enough. Katie, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. This was fun. All right, another very special thank you to Katie for sitting with me today and opening my eyes to a lot of exploitative behaviors from the NCAA. Uh, if you have a chance, make sure to look into that those stories and lawsuits that we mentioned here. Um, John Oliver has a great show um, about it. Title IX, look into that and understand how that is affecting not just the NCAA, but like everybody's lives in general. Um, and Zion Williamson, understand what really is going on with him and how the NCAA and Duke really is exploiting him and some of the decisions that they have to make when uh, going to college. Again, I really would uh, like to thank you guys for supporting the podcast. Please make sure you are rating on Apple Podcasts. I do have another blog post that was just out there. You can see it right now at salazcorner.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or opinions you want to share, don't forget you can always email me at realtalk at salahcorner.com. Until next time, peace, y'all.